You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for bloggers and creatives hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, a freelance journalist living in London. Each week, I interview different women in blogging and the online world, getting their best blogging tips and advice, and a little bit of gossip too. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of What She Said. Happy Monday! (laughs) I'm sorry that I say that every week, but I feel it needs to be said because Mondays are terrible. (laughs) This week I chat to my friend and colleague, I guess, in the blogosphere, Wanderlust Chloe, Chloe Gunning. She chatted about her interesting route into blogging from being a radio producer and working with Emma Bunton, right through to managing Rylan on The X Factor. <laughs> Is that his name, Rylan? It's really awkward that I don't know that, but I keep wanting to call him Rylance, which that's stupid. Um, we talk about selling yourself, faking it until you make it a little bit, and the crazy world of travel blogging. Chloe's really awesome, she's super honest, and she's just one of the loveliest human beings around. Um, she's also very, very small. <laughs> I don't know why that always makes me laugh, but she's so tiny, she's so adorable. But she's fierce. She's the perfect kind of candidate for that Shakespeare quote. She, Though she be but little, she be fierce or whatever it is. <laughs> anyway, enjoy the show. Hi, Chloe, welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm getting over some jet lag and trying to get back to normal. <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know who you are, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your blogging journey so far? Yeah, of course. So um, my name's Chloe. I run the travel blog Wanderlust Chloe, uh, which has been going for about three years come January, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much you know, but my route in... I don't think any travel bloggers have a normal route in because there just isn't a kind of set journey. But um, I've actually had two two other careers. <laughs> I'm on my third <laughs> one already. And maybe this won't be the last, who knows. Um, <laughs> they're really yeah. cool careers as well. I know. In- I know they're quite random. <laughs> yeah, very unrelated to travel. So I don't know how I've fallen into this one. But um, yeah, I actually started my, my dream when when I was a little kid was to work in radio um so I used to go into London every now and then and I'd see the Capital FM building and I was a, an avid Capital listener um I loved pop music I loved listening to the DJs I used to send in requests I was like a proper radio geek wow. I guess you radio know fangirl yeah totally at the age of like 14 um <laughs> so when I went off to uni I actually like was starting to kind of dabble in radio I'd like made little shows at home um and then when I went to uni I did student radio I actually studied drama and literature so it was you know not totally related um but I started interning at radio stations and then when I finished uni I then got into the industry and I worked in that for five years um producing a lot of shows mainly at Heart FM mm-hmm. um and worked with all sorts of people. I was producing the likes of Emma Bunton's shows, like Bruno Mars when he came in for a celebrity show, like a lot of a lot of big names, I guess. And mm-hmm. I was the person in charge of making them sound good and writing scripts and giving them like fun, you know, topics to talk about. Um, there's actually a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes when you're listening to the radio, but yeah, I think I a lot imagine. of oblivious to it. So I did that for a while um, and then I moved, I kind of sidestepped into the music industry because it was still related 
Um, I had a lot of contacts and did two years uh, managing pop stars, I guess you'd say. One was a, a kind of 18-year-old who was just starting up, um, and he did quite well. And then another one, she worked on The X Factor for a year, um, managing <laughs> managing the people that came off that, which was the weirdest job. Um, that must have been bizarre. Yeah, totally. Um, it was, yeah, it was eye-opening. I think I, I actually didn't really know what I was doing when I got that job. I was <laughs> How do I manage someone? What is this job? <laughs> and I, I wound up my main, um, we kind of, a few of us were doing the job and we got given like a main actor to manage. And mine was Rylan. So I think God. quite a, a household name today from his <laughs> TV presenting, less than his singing. Um, so yeah, my day to day life was kind of running around with him, sorting out interviews, managing lots of media things, you know, perfume ranges, oh fashion God. deals, like everything. Um, but totally 24 seven is what I would say about that job. Um, and I guess that's, that's where the travel started to kick in. Mm. I actually took a big break. Um, I took three, three and a half months off work. I quit, I quit my job. Um, <laughs> I was crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I went off to Central America and had just like trip of a lifetime. I have to say, it was the break I needed. It, you know, got my head straight again, mm -hmm. gave myself time off. I didn't have any, like, you know, anyone breathing down my neck telling me I had to do anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess when I came back from that, I wanted to do it more. That was the big thing was yeah. I love this life. How do I do this? You know, every day, is this a job? I don't know. Um, and that was how the blogging started. So I'd, I'd set a little blog before, but it wasn't very good. And I right. think when I came back from that trip, I was, I was pretty serious about it. So it only took three months. So, you, so when you were away um, yeah. on your trip and you quit your job and you were like, holy crap, I'm so glad I'm not doing this job anymore. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, which I think is probably how quite a lot of us travel bloggers started out, to be honest. Um, yeah. Did you, so you had like, did you just have one of those kind of journal style? Yes, I had. Com jobbies or blogger jobbies. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. blogger and it was... Um... It was, I, somehow I came up with the name Wanderlust Chloe already, which to this oh, day, good. I would probably change it if I could. But I, you know, when you just built oh, something, yeah. it's kind of you. And yeah. I never thought it would be something I would, you know, go forward with. But it seemed to fit where I was when I was quitting my job. So I set up, I think it was wanderlustchloe.blogspot.com. <laughs> very catchy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, super basic, lots of photos and basically for my friends and family, I guess, yeah. and to keep my brain whizzing a bit while I was away. What? So when did it, so even in that three months when you came back, you already knew, okay, this could be a job. How can I make it a job? Yeah. How did you know think, that? Where did you, like, how did you start? What was your, the first steps that you took? So when I came back, I think I had read some travel blogs before my travels. Obviously, mm -hmm. like you do research, but I, I went away completely on my own and was very scared about doing a big solo trip um so I definitely read travel blogs but I don't think I realized that they were different to websites as much as like I obviously understand it's a whole different industry now mm. um and you know I started realizing there were personalities behind them that um they were you know real people sharing their journeys and I guess through my little kind of dabbling and blogging I also realized that that was something I might be able to do um when I came home obviously I needed money I, I was mo I moved back home for a little bit um and I freelanced for a friend's production company and on the side of that I was spending 
many hours, you know, in mm. my things <laughs> blogging, like <laughs> many of us do. Um, and I think I started to like learn quite quickly that there was this whole business out there, and that although it might not necessarily be something I'd ever make money from, that it might be something that would you know help me travel more and I yeah. you know learn more about traveling I get to more interesting places um and I think my first steps probably to make it into more of a, a thing firstly I moved to WordPress and set up a proper blog which yeah. um I rebranded this year a little bit and redesigned um but yeah like the the former version so I set that up and then I started emailing kind of travel companies tour operators um the likes of like Trek America and Trek mm-hmm. like Trek companies I'd actually paid to travel with before um, and that I'd love their their style especially for people who travel on their own like I did a lot um, and gradually I just started to kind of make headway I guess um, how did you know what to because I think um, quite a lot of people when they first start pitching they yeah. literally don't know what they're what they're supposed to be I mean now yeah. it feels so simple you're like I'll give you this, you give me this, boom, yeah. I'm done. But at the beginning, so you're like, what the hell do I do? How do yeah. I? And I, I, I mean, my in, initial pitch emails, you were just, I don't know, they were probably an essay and at the bottom, you're like, I don't understand what you've asked me for. No, <laughs> I, I think mine were the same. I have no, yeah, I have no idea how anyone ever bothered to respond. Like, I, I think it was probably a lot of waffle. <laughs> um, but I, I think one thing that I've always found useful was actually like my weird way into the kind of travel blogger world was I was always like marketing other people and learning. I, you know, I had to send good emails when I was working on behalf of clients. Mm. And so I think I I had a bit of that kind of knowledge of how to compose a decent email, which was selling yourself in some way. I mean, I was always selling other people and suddenly I was like, right, put my marketing head on. How would I pitch myself to someone? So I don't think my emails were particularly coherent in some ways because I don't think I knew what I wanted to get out of the relationship yeah um but I think it definitely started to build a few you know a few relationships with clients and things and then and I also went to networking events just like I mean you you went to a lot at the beginning um and I think those those kind of things were quite intimidating to me because I suddenly was realizing there was this huge like travel blogger world out there mm. and there were like big stars and yeah. I was just this little tiny like and you literally <laughs> are very small as well <laughs> yeah exactly yes yeah. is a very I small one <laughs> <laughs> I know they couldn't even see me <laughs> I remember talking to you at WTM last year when we were at that yeah. really weird Malaysia event <laughs> So we were like dancing on the stage. <laughs> Someone's wedding. It was so bizarre. Um, and you were talking about the speed networking, and I think it was the day before I I was on the speed networking last year, and I yeah. decided not to do it this year. And I was yeah. so so nervous. And this was, I mean, I, this year was maybe my fifth WTM or fourth uh, or fifth WTM. I can't remember fourth. I think you're a veteran. <laughs> yeah, somehow, and yet somehow not very successful. <laughs> but I remember being really nervous so it was my first speed networking and um, I was chatting to you because your first speed networking was the year before wasn't it yeah yeah and um you really really reassured me because um 
I was so worried that nobody would turn up. Because yeah. <laughs> for anyone that's listening, the speed networking at WTM, also WTM is World Travel Market. It's kind of the biggest event in the a travel bloggers calendar, I guess, even though yeah. it's not for travel bloggers, it's for the entire travel industry. But yeah. most of us will go book our press trips for the following year or, you know, whatever. And also yeah. just catch up with our friends because yeah. <laughs> it's social, isn't it? <laughs> it's very social. And speed networking, they do it for um, a few different industries, but they like travel bloggers will be sat behind desks because it's literally like speed dating, but brands will come to you. Um, and people have varying success with it. I did get stuff out of it a couple of bits last year. Um, I didn't do it again this year because it wasn't really worth it for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I was so nervous. So, so oh. nervous. And I still get so nervous every, every time I go to WTM. Yeah. I, I think, there. I don't I think, think that changes though. I don't think yeah. anyone feels totally comfortable there. Yeah, it's crazy. And you were doing something completely different this year, weren't you? Yeah, I did a few I did a few different things. I mean, I had like a couple of days as a blogger trying to, you know, pitch and had I actually just tried to approach it a bit more casually this year. I'd rather than trawling the stands which mm. I've done before and had no success at all. I kind of thought, right, I'm going to use this to catch up with people that I already know but that I've worked with before. So it was more like quite relationships that yeah. I wanted to maintain I think and and that took the pressure off because I actually knew a lot of the people that I was meeting which made it a lot less daunting than going into kind of a meeting with someone you'd never met and having to impress them in five minutes um and actually so, I think that's a really good tip because yeah for, not just for WTM but for everything um I did the same thing this year and it was much yeah much more relaxed but also much more yeah. successful yeah and I think when it comes to pitching because I know a lot of people listening to the podcast I think pitching feels like it's a real dark art and it's quite frightening Um, and you're really good at it and I think (laughs) so in terms of kind of marketing yourself and selling yourself you're really good at it but I think it's important you've mentioned a few times it's a relationship I think yeah when you go to things like WTM and you feel like you're cold basically cold calling everyone yeah it's not actually very successful when you do that no I think it is about being quite prepared I started sending a few emails in I mean partly because I was a, I was away for quite a big chunk just before WTM again this year so I started sending some of my emails in like September October even though the events at the beginning of November just to say like really looking forward to you know catching up mm-hmm. are you at WTM um it would be great to set up a meeting um because I think you do sometimes have to get in quite early people's yeah, diaries definitely. get busy yeah um and then you know you actually want to like feel mentally prepared for the day as well so it's nice kind of planning in advance and figuring out where you'd like to travel next year and figuring out who you know in the industry that might be able to to help you get there I guess what's your process for for pitching going back right back to the beginning when you were first starting out before maybe even you had a media kit where what was your process I mean I know you mentioned Um, that you kind of went to people that you'd used before so kind of building authentic relationships with brands that you actually would use yourself I think that was a huge part of it like some of the first emails I sent were one was to Trek America who I adore I went on a trip with them when I was about 24 I think um and traveled around Mexico for two weeks and I had it was you know the eye-opening I just 
booked a trip on my own kind of mm-hmm. thing. None of my friends wanted to do the same kind of travels. They wanted to do like beaches for a week and I wanted to go on a bit of an adventure. Um, and I loved it. And so I think that was like my first port of call. And although I remember like they, you know, emailed a marketing company that looked after Trek and then got passed on to someone else. And then they, the, the whole company changed and, you know, you go yeah. through those moments where you're like, Oh, I've just put up quite a nice relationship here. <laughs> but, um, it did start to pay off. Like I was on the radar and then, um, they invited me on their I Trek here trip last summer, mm-hmm. um, in, in California. And I think, I still feel to this day it's because I started as a fan of the brand. I loved it. I could see it fit with what I offer as a blogger and what I write about and who my kind of market is, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I could just see like the affiliation just worked and I think they saw it as well and they knew that I was a bit of a brand ambassador, yeah. you know, away from blogging. It was just I recommended them to all my friends and family and things. So, yeah, the pitching process for me, I think it was about finding the companies I knew I could really fit with. There were a few that I would have just fire off emails to, but I think I was quite careful at the start. Yeah. And I how did that progress as you as you kind of gained more traction and um, started probably upping your game with your media kit yeah. and things like that? Yeah, I guess building a media kit was one step. Um, I've actually looked back at old ones and they are hilarious because <laughs> you'd, you'd shout about anything that's ever happened it's a bit like I looked back at an old CV that I made when I was 16 at school and um I had on there you know like um, regular babysitting work it's just like, that's, a, that's a massive skill I'm really good at babysitting apparently and I was thinking like that's because I didn't have anything else to yeah. write on my CV then and so I think it's the same with my media kit at the beginning it was you know featured on anyone's website if I've like left a comment or something it's like please (laughs) please endorse me and then gradually you know you start actually having good things to put on there and you have a few accolades um I think that's an awesome tip though because a lot yeah I I don't think most of us I looked back at some old media kits which were terrible like mocked up in canva just awful awful (laughs) but some of those things that you shout about before you have something um bigger yeah like it it is important to find something to shout about because it is about selling yourself isn't it so yeah sure like saying you're featured on (laughs) website, your feature it's all smoke and mirrors isn't it completely I think I think one thing that I definitely learned from my old careers was I guess a bit of the art of spin and I think I think there is a bit of faking it until you make it and I I don't think that's necessarily bad I think often the people who um have a little bit of ingenuity with like being able to showcase what they offer even if it's not like the biggest things you might have like some very special skills that someone else doesn't have or you might just you know have a really personable nature or so I don't I don't know what it is I think you'll find something that you could shout about but it's actually shouting about it and being proud of that some you know some wouldn't know that, that the skills are actually that good um but yeah I think I, I definitely looked around a bit because I wasn't sure that blogging was something that would be a career. So mm. I looked at travel writing. I contacted companies, you know, seeing if I could write for them. Um, I set up a, a blog profile on Huffington Post, which uh-huh. I think a lot of people have. And actually, you can shout about being published on the Huffington Post, even though they will accept a lot of different types of, you know, writing. It's not 
it doesn't need to be kind of high-end journalism or anything. It's, it's very much kind of blog style. And I think being able to share some of my kind of ad- adventures on there definitely felt like something I could mention to other, other people when I was pitching. It kind of, it's the first step, I guess. Um, yeah, Huffington Post is a funny one, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> it's quite it's quite controversial yeah. um, I feel like yeah people can get a bit uh, sniffy about it because they don't pay their writers or they yeah. don't pay a lot of it so yeah so there is a bit of controversy about that but I, I've heard it I think it's a platform isn't it and it's a really well respected yeah. one so I've seen it a lot featured in Huffington Post and it does make a difference it definitely do- you're right you've got to find you've got not got to find anything but you have got to find the things that you're good at and shout about them. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, like these days, there's, after a while, I learned about the Lonely Planet Pathfinder scheme, mm. and that's actually like really, really helped me. Um, they obviously have like this kind of blogger platform where you can register, build a profile, and then they do monthly shout outs. So you can enter your, um, your top three blog posts from the month, your top three Instagrams, your top three videos, whatever you've kind of been working on. Yeah. And um, they pick their kind of, you know, their editors pick their favourites from the blogging community. And I think that was something where I realised I, you know, if you if you produce good content, it can be rewarded through that, that kind of system as well. And they started to notice what I was doing. And that's definitely led to kind of the work I'm doing with them now, which is, you know, much bigger profile. I didn't, I never expected that to happen either. Um it's important I think it's a good idea for bloggers to have a look at those kind of platforms that can help them build it's it's not necessarily you're going to be paid for any of it Mm. sometimes it is just about building experience or building profile but it's kind of how we get there that's a good tip I'll link to them in the show notes um so I wanted to talk to you a bit about some of the other skills that you've learned along the way because one of the things that you do is um really awesome video content yeah did you know how to do that before you started blogging with your kind of production background? No, but I think it probably came to me a little easier than someone who's never edited anything. Like yeah. I used to edit audio as you, you know, I edit, edit podcasts and things like you're doing. Um, and so I had a lot of kind of skills in that way, but actually visuals are a whole different ball game. Mm. And it was, it's a lot to get your head around. I think um, I really enjoy making videos I find it's a challenge all the time I think it's a lot of work and I do not understand how people can put out daily vlogs and things because I just think it's so much work like Fun for Louie vlogs his whole life every day of the year I think he puts up a a new video and they're very highly you know beautifully edited and um, got lots of personality and lots of adventures in there but I'm like how are you doing that and traveling full time I don't where you find the time um so yeah video is obviously such a kind of important medium now Mm. and they're saying you know I don't know 80% of our content in the next five years is going to be kind of video content like we're all moving in that direction so I don't think I saw it as like I need to jump on the bandwagon but I did already kind of start making videos a few years ago really bad ones and I've I've gradually like honed a few skills and learned how I like to produce them I think um, there are quite a lot of different styles out there. I don't really vlog. I don't sit in my bedroom talking to a camera. I find that really uncomfortable. It's just, it's just not me. Um, but I do like kind of showcasing the places that I've travelled to and like giving people a bit of insight into what it's like to be there, kind of right there and right now. 
Um, and that's something that's a really good add-on, I imagine, um, for yeah. brands when you're working with them to be able to sell the fact yeah. that you can create these beautiful travel videos as well as write about it and take pictures yeah. of it. I honestly think it's where most of the money I make now is probably coming through is is because I can do video as well. I think, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say a lot of the projects I do are like really, really well paid, but I'd say that the element that they will actively pay for every time is video because yeah. they're getting something out of it, especially, I mean, we've, we've been, obviously I'm with Maka, who's also a travel blogger, and we look at sometimes doing packages together and the fact he makes video as well yeah. is great but the fact that we can both produce different videos different angles different views on a destination like that kind of thing is great for a, a brand they're getting lots of content out of us and they can reuse that they can kind of they could potentially use that for years to come if they want to to kind of showcase their region their destination um, and I think it's having those like tangible things that they <laughs> they have yeah. um, that's quite appealing. Yeah, and I think sometimes we forget that um, our worth in a way, like uh, you know, a brand will pay for writing. They yeah, well, they may not, but they will see worth in you know they. Don't, a lot of brands, a lot of tourist boards don't have an in-house video creation team yeah, and so true. <laughs> writer, you know, writers on each destination. That's why they want to work with bloggers. So it's really good to be able to hone your skills in certain areas and be able to offer that as a package. And yeah, definitely. I so, think um, I think it's like it's nice being able to say, okay, if you if you hire me for this project, you get x number of blog posts, a video all the social media like it feels like you're giving them quite a well-rounded package like it's a kind of 360 degree view of a destination like they've got the live stuff they've got the things that will live on for years as well um and yeah I think I think that's kind of a great way for bloggers to kind of package up what they can offer yeah it's a good tip um going back to the beginning of your blogging journey up until probably well actually not necessarily the beginning but what kind of stumbling blocks did you come across was there anything where you felt oh my god I'm rubbish at this I'm gonna give up yeah I think um I mean I think most bloggers will have a moment when they wonder if this is really a job Mm. as in can I make money from this is this something that will have longevity and I've I definitely had wobbles just kind of mentally over you know, people already thought I was a bit mad for jacking in a great job in the music in the music industry. So I've quit that and gone travelling. Then I've set up a blog. Like, what is what is she doing now? Like, does she think <laughs> this is life? And I think I think I sometimes definitely suffer from worrying what people think. Mm-hmm. And I know I mean it's a classic. Lots of girls do, um, but I definitely have had kind of stumbling blocks of like whether I had the confidence to push push beyond it and whether I could also block out the people who I thought might be critical of it I think I needed to kind of be quite headstrong and then I'd also say things like the techie side I had no idea about building a website Um, and I think I I still don't know a lot about the kind of back end I've got I think I think my biggest um, like one of the best things I've ever done and paid for is finding a good web guy who I have confidence in and when I get stuck on something I'm just like Fred yeah. good again because actually 
I think you learn that you've only got so many hours in the day and you don't want to spend eight hours on a forum trying to find oh, like the fix God, yes. for something. Yeah. And I did that to start with. And I think I wasted so many hours when I should have probably just paid someone to come and help for a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, that. And then also I definitely say I wish like when I'd started, I wish I'd known more about SEO. Um, I think, I don't know, most bloggers probably start because they have a passion for telling stories and you know creating content they don't necessarily have a passion for telling you know finding out what google wants you to write about (laughs) on page one (laughs) so yeah i think uh a lot of us probably learn the hard way by writing a lot of good blogs like quality content that no one will ever find (laughs) (laughs) because your url is 4177 which i found the other day oh no (laughs) what on earth was I thinking (laughs) oh it was terrible so I just migrated my site to Squarespace and in the process of it when I was looking at all my old URLs you know all 400 of them oh god yeah yeah exactly like what was I even thinking about (laughs) with some of these the keywords were in it for sure I found one that was just of just of wanderloose.com forward slash of (laughs) <laughs> I want to read that. I'm typing it in now. <laughs> I think I might have got. I think I might have got rid of it. Um, <laughs> just terrible. Yes, SEO is something that, um, it, and it's so simple. Actually, I won't even go into SEO because it's so boring for so many people. I, I don't find it boring, but yes, I've listened to some of your other podcasts and I've had some good SEO tips. So oh, I think you? like. Good. yeah these podcasts are very useful <laughs> that is <Learn>. good <laughs> so on that topic what have you yeah. found the most useful so you've obviously you've talked about some of the things that you did but I feel like yeah. quite a lot of it came from you and your own determination has there yeah. been anything that somebody else has told you or a resource or something that if you could tell a new blogger hey do this <laughs> don't listen to this nonsense <laughs> do this one thing I think yeah a couple of things I think um firstly I think I think it's probably Monica the travel hack or someone I think it might have been her who you know she she emphasizes like blogging as a business and I think reading some of her blogs about blogging made me kind of much more savvy and I've seen her talk as well um much more savvy to the fact that there is like a certain level of professionalism in the industry. I'd always been like reasonably professional, but I think you need to approach each kind of client and each job that you're thinking of doing as, you know, this is your, this is your business. And like, what do you want to get out of it? What do they, what does the client need to get out of it? And I think like looking at it much more seriously, it can seem like blogging is just like so much fun. And I mm-hmm. think actually putting quite a business brain on, I've definitely, learned to be more savvy and like understanding my worth as I've gone through this journey and I think um yeah the kind of business brain (laughs) is something I've definitely learned from other people yeah um I think it's so important I think the one of my biggest bugbears is hearing like we've been on press trips with the with the PR clients and them telling us about you know the horror stories of blogging you know they've booked bloggers and they just not turned up or they've cancelled last minute yeah. or they've not you know two years later they never produced any content things oh, like that and you're so like, awful. Oh. Yeah. I know and you're just like I'm sorry like I feel like I'm carrying guilt yeah. for all the you know like the fact that the blogging industry could be looked on negatively it's, yeah it's really sad to hear when people have those stories and it does it, and it affects our it affects us directly um yeah because I've I've definitely spoken to PRs who are like oh yeah 
or probably not PRs, but it's more like maybe small brands who are like, oh yeah, we did work with bloggers. Yeah. (laughs) But she like never produced anything or was a complete diva or, you know, whatever, didn't do what we wanted. Basically wasn't professional. And so we're never going to work with any bloggers again. Yeah, I think it's hard. I've actually had an email from a hotel I stayed at who said that to me because of the review I wrote. (laughs) It's probably, it's the only like big negative email I've ever had and um it hurt a lot actually to receive it but they I wrote quite an honest review and it was all positive because I'd had a reasonably nice stay Mm -hmm. I just mentioned that they had quite a big dog that like literally jumped on me as soon as we arrived and I found it quite like whoa I'm not a dog person there's a dog on my like on my face basically (laughs) and so I included a little note about that in in the review and obviously when they agreed they agreed a complimentary stay and Strange uh, for a review. Obviously, you never say like it's going to be an a hundred percent positive review. So you might have like one criticism, but everything else I said was pretty positive. Anyway, they they sent me an email back saying, um, like, like something about it being like a bit of a misunderstanding and that they'd never be working with bloggers again after my <laughs> experience with me. And I was like, no, I was just honest. Like seriously, you have a dog and it jumped on me, but. Apparently, I wasn't supposed to include that in the review. <laughs> well, in episode, uh, day three of Podmus, which is live yes. at the moment, I think I was chatting to Lauren Elcroft about yes. that kind of situation when you <sighs> you go on a press trip. And actually, you know, it, it's not even that. We've both been on, well, I've been on a press trip. I did a hotel review mm-hmm. um, and there was an element of the stay that I didn't like. Actually, there was quite a lot of it that I didn't like. So yeah. I didn't, I, but I liked it and I would have recommended it. I could find positives and it definitely was yeah. a good um, hotel for the area um, if you were going to this place. Anyway, yeah. so I was super honest, but I told the person beforehand and yeah, she wasn't very happy about it. No. But I mean, <laughs> what, I would 100% rather than what we talked about in this episode I'd rather piss off one person than piss off all my readers or, you know, yeah. imagine if one of your readers was terrified of dogs and went to that hotel and that happened. No. They're just not yeah. going to, even though it's not your fault because you, yeah. if you were a dog person, that might not fuss you. If you hadn't have included that, they might never, they might've been like, well, I, I don't trust Chloe now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I think it's very easy to kind of miss that bit of authenticity in favor of like keeping everyone happy. Yeah. And, I mean, my blogs generally are very positive, happy space, and I like to keep it that way. But I will have moments where I think you need to show a bit of balance. And I think, you know, if there is something awful, you need to say it. Like, quite often I'll just say, like, the food was nothing special, but the views are amazing. Like, yeah. I think, you know, people need to know these things. But um, but I don't tend to dwell on them. I'm much more on the kind of positive side you know you can usually find a lot of positives in everything you do yeah absolutely and it's not I don't think anyone really wants to read a big old negative blog and also I don't I mean I don't think most of us want to write it no (laughs) it's a depressing moment to do that exactly I normally save all my shouty moments for twitter yeah, I like those. I really enjoy those. <laughs> and your Instagram stories. Yes, I do shout on Instagram stories sometimes. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a little bit about social media and the, yeah. the social media that you found the most useful and any tips that you have. 
because you've got a really strong presence across the board really yeah. in social media but probably particularly on Instagram yeah I I mean I I always loved Instagram for like the kind of creative the mm. you know the inspiration the travel inspiration I use it a lot for travel inspiration myself like finding new places to go I when I get somewhere I look at like the tags and see where people yeah. have eaten and see what food they've posted and things like that I like kind of using it as a bit of a research tool um so I guess Instagram's always been like the one I focused on but I don't like it that much at the moment I think I mean everyone's finding that there are kind of algorithm changes mm. and um it I think a bit of the fun's gone it's become yeah. a bit too much business <laughs> um unless just about like sharing what you're doing um and I think even with the stories I still try to keep mine pretty live and in the moment and unfiltered but a lot of people are now curating their Instagram stories with beautiful images all the way through. And I kind of, I'm sad at that because I think it was the one part of Instagram that was still quite real and authentic. Mm. Um, so I, I would have said Instagram, but I don't know if it's my favorite. I'm actually really enjoying Twitter again at the moment. Yeah. I think like you say, you can have a bit of a shout on there, but you can also <laughs> have like a good old conversation. Like yeah. people reply and talk to you. Whereas on Instagram, they might go, what a beautiful place or wow I'd love to visit yeah I think on Twitter you get kind of real chit chat going which is fun and I yeah kind of I'm moving back to Twitter a bit at the moment I don't think it's probably the one that's going to live the longest but I think it's a bit more fun right now <laughs> yeah and to be honest I think you have to with social media I mean I sort of don't necessarily think it's I want to invest in any social media that only I just want to spend my time on the places that make me feel good i, I still yeah. love instagram but i also love twitter i ha i really don't like facebook so no. i've always had a real hate relationship with facebook and the only reason i have a blog page is so that i can have my instagram business account oh uh, yeah yeah but i've now got I think a facebook that, um, group for the podcast which is actually really yeah. really awesome it's tiny and it's yeah. really lovely but yeah it's not about facebook for me so that, i just don't yeah. think there's any point in spending time on a platform that doesn't make you feel good no I think I, I see Facebook I used to enjoy Facebook for kind of personal use mm. and then obviously like you set up your blog page and then it becomes much more about work so if I go onto Facebook now even just for my personal you know to see my own stuff I associate it quite a lot with work now and it, it I don't know. Yeah, it feels feels more labour intensive for some reason. Whereas yeah, it Twitter does. and Instagram are just a lot more fun. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, each to their own. I guess Absolutely. everyone's got their favourite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably feels like quite a good place to end it. Um, oh. Do you? Could you tell everybody where to find you online, um, and just let us know what you're up to? Yes. Um, so my blog is wanderlustchloe dot com. And my social media is all at Wanderlust Chloe. Um, what am I up to right now? Well, it's my birthday next week. Oh, um, yes. So I am very much at home, probably in my pyjamas, eating a lot of chocolate and Amazing. watching like Christmas movies <laughs> over the next few weeks. <laughs> um, I've just literally got back from Barbados a few days ago and I'm ready for a really, really good break and, and to have some family time and you know headspace and things so might go a bit quiet on the blogging front but I think everyone needs to have a bit of you know their own time as Absolutely. well where are you off to next um next so January I think Mexico mm -hmm. and maybe Canada 
um, oh, and Glasgow. Oh, dreamy. <laughs> just, to, you know, just to throw in another one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all of it up in the air. But yeah, that should be kind of January, February time. Well, we'll make sure we follow along. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast, Chloe. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening to What She Said. If you liked this episode or any of the other episodes, then please think about leaving me a rating and a review on iTunes because it really helps get the show out to other awesome creators like you and it's a little bit of an ego boost for me too. If you want to connect with me, you can find me over on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, everywhere, <laughs> at Wanderloos Blog, or just head over to my blog, wanderloos.com, which is also where you can find the show notes every single episode too. I love hearing what you think about the show, if it's good, and I reply, I try to reply to each and every one of you. Thanks for listening, and come back again next week. Yeah.